Well, thank you so much for joining joining us tonight. My name is Greg Vicar. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you to those of you that are joining online. And Merry Christmas to everyone. You know, this is a, this is a special night, and I'm so glad that you're here to, to, to celebrate it with us. Um, the title of my message tonight is about this last song that we were singing. It's What Child Is This? But I'm calling it Verse 2. So, little known fact, you, you may not have known that... Um, while the, the worship team was singing the song, I, I heard this later after the fact. They're like, no, why are we singing that verse? No one ever sings that verse. And I'm like, no, that's the whole, that's the reason why we're singing this song. Because there's something about verse 2 that God just put in my heart. And I, and I want us to take some time and, and look into that. But before I do, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say thank you to all of the kids that read the book. Let's give them a big hand, Yeah. And thank you to the worship team that does such a great job every year. And uh, to Steve Hammes that arranged that little brass uh, ensemble. Thank you so much, Steve. That was great. Um, Little story about that. That was supposed to be a brass quartet. But two of the people that were going to be in our quartet are in quarantine, so they couldn't make it. So we're like, okay, we had to scrap the whole quartet, make it a duet, add songs and whatnot, but Steve came through, and that's great. And this fulfills a dream of mine, because in sixth grade, I got sick for our Christmas concert at school, and I was supposed to have a trombone solo that night. So at least tonight I got a chance to play in front of you all, and it just, you know, <laughs> f- fulfilled that dream for me, all the way from sixth grade, so that's awesome. But let's get back to what child is this, verse 2. If you, if you don't remember the words, I'll read them to you. It says, Why lies he in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? The end of fear for all who hear the silent word is speaking. You know, and, and you're probably like me tonight that this year of 2020 has been a pretty crazy year, right? A lot of us would like to, to put this year behind us. And I think there's something in verse 2 for us tonight as we celebrate Christmas and, and we celebrate all that that means. I, I want to start with this, with this verse or this line, why lies he in such mean estate? So why was Jesus lying where he was lying? Why, why was he born in a manger and all that that meant? And have you ever wondered tonight, God, if you're so powerful how could it be that you would allow your, your only son to be born in a stable? Like, couldn't you have at least arranged a Hilton Garden Inn or, or maybe a Hampton Inn? Like, Mary and Joseph could have been enjoying Hamptonality, you know, getting a free breakfast and, and all the things that go. But, but no, they find themselves in a manger. And the truth is this, that Jesus coming created a lot of issues for Mary and Joseph. It wasn't like it was a huge blessing in their life. Mary was betrothed to Joseph and, and had such a wonderful plan to be married. And getting pregnant in the middle of that, like, is not the way she had hoped it would go. Everyone that looked at her could only think one thing. Mary must have sinned. And, and I'm sure it didn't make it any easier when she was insisting, no, it was an angel of the Lord. Like, I, I had a vision and an angel came. And I'm like, yeah, right, Mary, sure. Sure, an angel came to you. Joseph chose not to have her stoned as he could have. He planned to divorce her, and that's until an angel came and spoke to him and said, No, Joseph, this is my doing. It was God's doing. It was a dark time for both of them. There's a lot of questions they couldn't answer. You know, as I think about 2020, frankly, it's been a dark year, 
right? There's a lot of questions that many of us would have tonight. God, why has this happened, right? I, I look at 2020, it's a year of the word unprecedented. Have you never heard that word as much as you've heard it in 2020, right? An unprecedented worldwide pandemic, an unprecedented, an unprecedented amount of, of people getting sick and dying. Did you know that on, on 9-11, you know, we, we know that date so well because we know how many people lost their lives. But we've had days in this pandemic where more people have died in one day from the pandemic than have in 9-11. Except I can't tell you those dates. You don't know them either. It's just happened all around us. It's been unprecedented that we've never had a greater political divide or our country has never, has never seen this before. I don't have to tell you that we've had greater racial and social tension than ever before. You've lived through it as, as have I. Yet in the midst of this, here we are tonight. It's Christmas Eve. God, what do you have for us tonight? And as the words of the carol ask, why lies he in mean estate? I'm sure Mary and Joseph were struggling to make sense. Why is all this happening? What is going on? And you know, sometimes when you, when you think back on events in your life, have you ever thought back and, and kind of looked at things with rose-colored glasses? Do you know what I mean when I say that? So, so if you would ask my wife about the birth of our firstborn child, her name was Emily, my wife would say, oh, it was such an amazing birth. It was so great. And, and then I have to be there and say, Meg, do you remember the part where you almost died? Like, that also happened that, that night. Like, we always seem to look back and remember the wonderful things. You know, and maybe, just maybe, we look at this Christmas story a little bit through rose-colored glasses, and, and we don't really appreciate what it, was, what it was like for Mary and Joseph that night. So I, I already mentioned that, that Mary and Joseph, many had looked at them as, as they were in sin. It's not that they were chosen by God, that they were, they were in sin, and, and they had missed the mark. But it says that, that Joseph had to go back to the town of Bethlehem because that was his town. I don't know if it was exactly the town he was born in or his ancestors were born in, but that's, that's the town he had to go back to. And, and when they got there, it said that they found no room for them in the inn or there was no lodging for them. Now, I went back and looked in the Greek. That word inn is this word called kataluma. And kataluma can refer to an ancient motel, but it usually refers to a spare room in a house. You know, and when we look at Bethlehem, Bethlehem was such a small town, likely it didn't have any commercial inns. So when Joseph is going back, like if, if you had family coming in from out of town, where would they stay? Likely they would come to your house and they would knock on your door and say, hey, do you have any room for me? So quite possibly, Joseph and Mary go to, to relatives of his, knock on the door and say, hey, can we stay here for the night? And then they look and they see that Mary is like, she's expecting with a child. And they're like, whoa, 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 like... If I invite you in, I'm going to be condoning what looks like sin to everyone. Like, I, I'm not going to take sides here, but I'm also not going to go down that path. Like, it's my reputation in this town. Joseph, there's no room for you in the inn, in, in our house, but, but there is some room in the barn. So imagine Joseph and Mary, they, they go in the barn. They're, they're feeling this social dejection. They're feeling a physical dejection, right? And they're saying, God... Is there any way that you could have made it harder for us, right? We've just traveled all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem on a donkey. Now, I don't know how many women, you don't even want to go from the house to the car and the car to the hospital, right? Imagine riding on a donkey for days, feeling every bump. 
I don't know that like there was air ride shocks in this donkey. I think they felt every, Mary felt every bump along the way. So what was God doing through all of that? God, if you chose to bring Jesus into this world, I'm sure Mary and Joseph would ask him, why did you have to make it so hard? And the parallel to this Christmas story is striking this year because I'm sure some of us are asking God, there's such an emotional and a physical toll that this pandemic is taking. Right? So many are in isolation. So many mentally are going through such struggle. Right? We've got frontline workers. And if you're a frontline worker, I want to say hats off to you this year. Like You have done an amazing job. Our teachers have done an amazing job. Parents are juggling. How do they, how do they homeschool kids? Sending kids to school? No, it's hybrid. Like, oh my gosh, it's just been absolutely insane. But we're not unlike Mary and Joseph that night that had questions and, and wondered, God, what is it that you're doing? And, and how, how is it that you could be working in the midst of this? And I believe that the miracle of Jesus' birth starts to bring us some answers. So when we face discomfort, when we face inconvenience, pain, suffering, or even silence, it isn't necessarily because we've misread God or that God made a mistake. When, when God put Joseph and Mary on the donkey to travel to Bethlehem, what was he doing? He was strengthening them through that. Right? There was something of moral character that was being built, one bump at a time as, as they walked through that. God didn't provide a luxurious room for them. He brought Jesus into earth in a humble surrounding so that no one would feel like Jesus was a person of privilege and he was inaccessible. No, Jesus was common. There's no one that could say Jesus had something. He was born with a golden spoon. So when we do God's will, we're not guaranteed comfort or convenience So why lies he in mean estate? Jesus showed us by his birth that we're promised that everything, even discomfort and inconvenience, has meaning in his plan, in God's plan. So I don't know what 2020 has brought for you in terms of the emotional burden, the physical burden, uh, maybe the economic burden, but I can tell you this, it hasn't been for naught. God has been at work. Even in the silence, if perhaps God has been silent to you, God is still at work in the silence. So verse 2 says this, the end of fear for all who hear, the silent word is speaking. And in John 14, 27, it says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. This is Jesus talking. He says, I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. And I believe that's the message for us tonight, that Jesus is saying, look, I don't give to you, we we already know the world can't offer us anything. It can't tell us tomorrow what's going to happen, right? 2020 has been so crazy, we've learned not to put trust in the tomorrow. We can only put our trust in God. But, But Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Don't let your hearts be troubled, don't be afraid. So tonight, you may, you may be afraid. You may have anxiety. You may have concern. Am I going to get the vaccine? Am I not? What's going to happen? This, that, the other. Is it possible on Christmas Eve night that we can all come before our Lord and recognize him as king? So, so this, this beautiful carol ends with, this, this is Christ the king. God doesn't waste anything. There's no darkness that's been wasted in 2020. When Jesus was born, hope was born. And and that's what we celebrate tonight, that we can have hope if we know this person called Jesus. Jesus came to earth. He was crucified because he was the Lamb of God that was going to take away the sin of the world. But he doesn't come to just take away the world's sin. He wants to take away your sin 
He wants to take away my sin. He's a personal God. So in a minute, I'm going to ask Nate to play What Child Is This? Nate, if you'd make your way up here. And as you listen to the carol, I want you to ask one question to yourself. And the question is this. We sing, this, this is Christ the King. But I want to ask you tonight, could you say, this, this is Christ my King? Right? Because there's a difference for us to say, this is Christ the King, and we kind of look at him off to the side. It's very different when we can say, no, this is Christ my King. And, and that's what I want us to ponder tonight. And, and in a moment after we, after we listen to this song, as you ask yourself this question, I want to just spend a moment taking a time to pray together. But Nate, if I could ask you just to play that for a minute. So ask yourself this question. Is Jesus my king as Nate plays this for us? earlier that hope was born that night and I want to tell you the good news is that hope is here tonight for all for you for me for everyone Jesus is hope Jesus is the one that came that night and he offers hope to all of us but it's not enough just to know that there's hope out there the question is will you receive the hope will I receive the hope will you make him your king you know I grew up for for years believing in God but it's not the same as knowing him as my personal Lord and Savior. And Romans 10.9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. So to make him Lord starts with a recognition. It starts by saying, Jesus, I know that you're my Savior. And now for you to be my Lord, I've got to lay down my life for you. I've got to turn my life over to you. God, would you live through me? So if you've never made Jesus your king tonight, He wants to be your personal king, not just the king, but my king. So would you pray with me tonight? That's my invite to you. And and as well, if if maybe you've, you've known Jesus when you were younger, and now you've walked away from him, and you find yourself here in this service or, or maybe watching online, and you're like, I've, I've just walked so far away from God. Did you know it's the same way you come to Jesus is the way you come back to Jesus? It's simply through prayer. So if, if you've never prayed a prayer like this, or, or maybe if you've prayed it before but walked away, would you just bow your heads with me tonight and let's pray a prayer together. Father God, I thank you for the birth of Jesus Christ. I thank you that he came to this earth to save us from our sin. Lord, I, I know I'm not worthy. I will never be good enough to receive Jesus. But Lord, your word says that, that we're all sinners. And we all need a Savior. 
So Jesus, I ask you tonight, would you be my savior? Would you be my king? I invite you into my life tonight, Jesus, to be my Lord and savior. I ask you tonight to forgive me of my sins. Help me walk the path that you have for me, God, and to live in the way that you would have me live. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. You know, and, and as it said, if, if you will openly declare, I'd like to ask you tonight, if, if you've never prayed that prayer before, or you prayed that prayer tonight in rededication, would you come and let me know? All right, after service, would you just come and let me know? If you're online, would you email me and let me know that, Greg, I, I prayed that prayer to dedicate my life, to make Jesus my king. You can reach me at greg, G-R-E-G, at shilohcommunity.church. That's my email address. And for, for anyone that comes... You know, when, it, when a baby's born, it needs to be taught how to walk. It needs to be taught how to eat. Um, there's a book I'd like to give you called Living in Christ. So if any of you would come up afterwards, I'd love to give you this book. If you're online and email me, I'll make sure we, we send one out to you. So if you could all stand with us now, we're going to go into a time of singing Silent Night. If you've got your tea lights, this is a time to turn it on. And Shannon, if you can cut the lights, that'll be great.
for the hope in Jesus Christ to be present, Lord, that your grace would would be upon us tonight. Lord, we celebrate Jesus uh, coming to earth, and we give you all praise tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, on behalf of myself, my wife, my family, Pastor Ed, the church staff, the elders, I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas, and thank you so much for being here. Have a great night, and God bless.